1: with video games the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television you can think of us as the pandas and dinosaurs of gaming podcasts we're a proud member of the psvg podcast network and thrilled to be part of the dice tower network as well i am one of your hosts kyle and joining me on this co-op adventure the guy who never criticizes my stretch for intros josh how are you doing this evening
2: Uh, it's been a day It's been a day, but uh, yes, I would never criticize you on the show for your stretched interests. Um, <laughs> on the show. On the
1: show. But I will say... Maybe in the Discord, maybe in the social media, yeah. but not on the show. Yeah.
2: It's been a day. We had a little meltdown with the kid before bed, so he couldn't play with his... Um, what's. It's not magnetized dirt, it's kinetic dirt. He couldn't oh, play yeah. with his kinetic dirt, so he threw a major meltdown and had to go to bed early so we my wife had a glass of wine and i had a drink and then we sat down and watched (laughs) captain marvel so uh, since then it's been a good night
1: (laughs) gotcha well you know uh my new puppy uh and the other dogs are finally to the point where they're mostly getting along but i think it there's a distinct possibility that at some point during the podcast an eruption of dog barking is going to happen so uh my apologies listeners if that happens because you know sometimes there's some boundaries still being figured out there but while pandas and dinosaurs are pretty cool on their own they're even better when they're combined and the person being the pandasaurus today is none other than the marketing manager for pandasaurus games danny low danny welcome to the show
3: ooh hello thank you glad to be here
1: well we're really stoked to have you i know that this has kind of been a long time in the making we've been you know trying to get our schedules aligned to have you here because we think you seem pretty cool and pretty awesome so we're really <laughs> excited to have you Uh, You know, Danny, can you just give us and our listeners a little rundown about who you are, what you do, all that good stuff?
3: Oh, man, this is always the hardest question because I don't think I'm as cool as as you seemingly (laughs) do. (laughs) Um, So I'm the marketing manager for Pandasaurus. I've been in the industry for going on seven years now. Uh, I've worn many hats from customer service to sales to convention to uh, translators, one of my current hats. Um, but yes, I am currently a hybrid of pandas and dinosaurs, and I live on social media. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, pandasaurus, great, com- love their game, love pandasaurus <laughs> games, they're amazing. But I, I don't know that I've ever spelled pandasaurus right the first time I've tried to spell <laughs> oh, it. Oh
3: man, oh, my first <laughs> week on the job, I was like tapping, uh, pandasaurus out my keyboard letter by letter, uh, yeah, definitely a struggle, now it's muscle memory, so, if you persevere in practice, you'll get there.
1: <laughs> I, that, I appreciate the support. I'll, I'll put it on my to-do list. Um, since you are the marketing manager, though, and just one thing for you to know, Danny, anytime we have guests on, Josh gets really frustrated because I get super excited about things and I just ask questions and butt in and like, <laughs> kind of take over the podcast. So I do my best to make sure Josh gets to ask fun questions, too. But I have to kind of put you on the spot to start. Since you are the marketing manager, I want to get your feedback on something. So I have named this episode of the podcast... The lowdown. I did notice that. So, on a a scale of (laughs) one to 10, as a marketing manager, what rating would you give that name for a podcast? And be honest. That you're on.
3: (laughs) Be honest. Um, So, in a pandasaurus scale, we're all about the puns. So, it's definitely 10 out of 10 pandasaurus. yes.
1: (laughs) Sorry, Josh. I felt like there was going to be a butt coming there.
3: Well, the pandasaurus scale is all that matters for this episode. Okay. (laughs) That's right.
1: There you go. I will take that charity, and I will run with it. So I have a 10 out of 10. I'm well on my way to understanding how marketing works, maybe a little bit. So I want to flatter (laughs) our guest
2: real quick before we go on, because I know you asked about her background, and I wanted to mention that I met Danny at PAX Unplugged three years ago.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And it was my first all-board game convention. And it was my first attempt to do any type of media for our podcast so there were only a handful of people I could get a hold of to even meet and it happened to be between Renegade and and Yellow were the two people that really I could sit down with and meet and I was as nervous as you (laughs) could be because I you know it's it's just all new to me and I remember meeting you at your at Renegade and we had a set time and you know you pulled me away from the booth and we talked about a bunch of stuff and we got like the little like the inside scoop on Terror Below and things like that, and it was really cool and <laughs> it was really nice. And my meeting at Yellow, spoilers, they never showed. They went on lunch at the scheduled meeting time. Oh, so no. I wanted th- I wanted to thank you for that, but also I think I said it when I reached out to you. Um, I started following you on Twitter at the time, and then I and between you and all of the the board game people I follow um like danny and mm. and a bunch of these people seeing you guys talk about video games i was like now is like the perfect time to to ask danny to come on the show because it's always been something that i wanted to to do um we haven't had anyone um in marketing per se as well so i definitely wanted uh to to uh talk to you about that as well but uh it was it was a very nice thing you did for me and you didn't even know you were doing it so it's even um, <laughs> better compliment i think
3: <laughs> that's uh i'm glad it was so meaningful to you uh yeah it's definitely a great show to have as your first so i'm glad we will to spend some time together talking about games
2: yeah it was great it was a good time so thank you
1: all right well we're gonna get into it we're gonna skip housekeeping this week because you know there's been 175 episodes of housekeeping so we're <laughs> gonna skip it you know where to follow us you know where to find us all of that good stuff thank you to our patrons we appreciate you all you're all great um, but I know you want to hear more from Danny than you do necessarily hear me run through that stuff this week. So, topics of the show. First topic this week, we're really going to just focus on a little bit about what we've been playing lately. Danny is the guest. You get the you get the choice. You can go first and talk about the things you've been playing. You can nominate one of us to go first. 100% your decision.
3: Ooh, why don't I go second?
1: Okay, that sounds great. Josh, why don't you kick it off for us then?
2: <laughs> okay, so in typical uh, Board of Video Games fashion, I tend to play games that the guests have some involvement in before and then <laughs> embarrass your, myself trying to explain your posts online. the games <laughs> so i'm always like i'm trying to explain what, what was i trying to explain like what
1: josh explained the rules of a game like, to the game tra- yeah explain
2: like why do i do this to myself uh so we'll say i finished xenoblade chronicles Uh, recently, which I think we talked about. The first one. Um, It was my first... I I hadn't played an RPG in quite some time by myself, or like a a JRPG. So I had kind of always been eyeing it. I was waiting for a sale, and it went on sale around Christmas time. So I scooped it up. I had a great time uh, with that. I think I'll jump into Xenoblade Chronicles 2 soon. Um, But that was a lot of fun. I'm still chugging away at Hades, which... Mm is quickly getting up into my top 5 all-time games. Uh it's just incredible.
1: How I, many escapes do you have now?
2: Uh, I'm over 50.
3: Dang. I just
2: uh a little spo- I guess a little spoiler for 80s. Bone Hydra, mm-hmm. you know, eventually Bone Hydra changes a little bit. Well, now Bone Hydra's map has changed and it is really thrown me for a loop. I didn't think things would be changing at this point in the game. <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, I get where I'm at. I've gotten the true ending. I'm still playing though. So it doesn't really feel like the true ending because I still have new dialogue and I'm still mm-hmm. doing things. And then all of a sudden I pop up to learny as we call him now and Lurnee a little different and really messed up my brain. <laughs> and I'm using Excalibur, which is pretty cool that I have that as a weapon um, yes. I love 80s. I could talk about it for hours. Uh, Kyle, I, I told you I probably would finish the medium on Monday. Yeah. Uh There's yeah. more to the medium. I'm still playing it. Uh, what? I thought I would, I thought I'm over eight hours, so I don't know what the deal is with the eight hours.
1: I might have to lower your homework yeah. right there, Josh. You no, know,
2: we've been giving each other homework, Danny, and, and <laughs> my homework was to finish the medium and I, I still haven't done that. Um. <laughs> uh, It's still, it's still good. I really liked, uh, I don't know. We talked about it a little bit. I'm not over the moon on it, but it is a good game. Uh, but I still think it tells a story that is dark and convoluted, but just to tell a dark and convoluted story. Mm. I don't really feel that connection yet as to why I'm participating in this. And that could change at the end. Who knows? Um... New Super Mario game. I wrote 3D World question mark because I just bought it because I just needed a new Mario. (laughs) I'm actually... Can I ask you a really quick
1: question about the medium before you go into Mario? Okay, so you you said that, you know, you don't really feel a connection to this game, that it feels like it's being dark just for the sake of being dark, but it could change at the end. Yeah. Like, how awesome would that ending have to be to change your feeling on it? You know what I'm saying?
2: I think it would just have to have a better connection to the main character.
1: Okay.
2: Like the whole game is you're 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 being a sleuth, right? A medium, mm-hmm. a medium sleuth, and it's leading up to what is probably a big character arc, but it's the story that it's telling on the way there. I think is less engaging because I'm not connected to it, and, and in fact, it just feels like I'm doing a job. Like my job is to do what I do because I'm a medium. So. I know it's building up to a connection. I'm just waiting for it. And I'm sure the people who have finished it are screaming at their (laughs) phones or whatever. (laughs) You idiot. It's right in front of you. So we'll get there. Uh, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, I think, is the title of the game. Uh, It's great. It really gives me Mario 3 vibes with the 3D. And I think I've been missing that in the Mario games. I keep trying, like odyssey and um new super mario u switch version they just haven't captured that mario that i know this one i beat the world one like right away i didn't have any problems i didn't want to stop so that was a lot of fun Uh, it was sold out when i went to buy it so i bought it digitally so i guess that's good for nintendo selling out even the digital cards at the store too yeah I don't percent. know that I've seen that with a Nintendo release for a while. <laughs> Animal Crossing, right? That's probably mm. the last one.
3: Yeah, gotta be. yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, I started Monster Train, which was one of my homework assignments for the next two weeks, which is a pretty cool. I played it on x on Game Pass. It is a deck building uh vertical style game. I guess is the best way to describe it. Monsters go vertically on your train until a boss shows up and he starts to destroy levels of your train as you're fighting them. Uh, Interesting. We'll play some more of that. I only played like 30 minutes after the episode on Sunday. Slay the Spire I played on xCloud, so I used the touch controls and it was my first time getting to Slay the Spire. Which everyone's been yelling at me to do. that's a lot more fun. It reminds me of the game we talked about Solitarica, on on our discord, which is a mobile app, which is free i also am playing a game on my mobile phone called diecast d i e cast, which is a pretty fun game where you're putting you're put on this um four by four like board game style like map. And you're drafting dice from cards to try to land on like attack blocks or coins. And you're you're playing against other players online. And that's been a lot of fun, actually. A uh, free game. So I would say, if you like Slay the Spire and you like Solitarica, check out Diecast. And that's on Android. I don't know if it's on Apple. I'm assuming it is. And then, of course, what did I do? I've said to my wife, hey, we should play some Pandasaurus games that we haven't played yet. Uh, so we played Control and Doolittle Island. So I'll talk about I'll talk about Control first. It's I guess I don't want to call it. It's not a dexterity game. It's more of a abstract game, I guess.
3: Tactile.
2: Tactile. tactile. There we go. Mm. And you start the game with a cube. It's it. I guess they call it a battlefield, right? You start on the battlefield with your colors, and a two-player game. You each take two colors. And then you secretly select which color you're going to score for you. And I'll tell you, I messed up. Oh, no. Uh, So what I like about it is there are very specific rules for placement. So I think that is in its favor where it's really guiding you uh, to a specific – I don't want to say goal – area. You know – when you place something, you're going in one of three directions. And you have to continue that when you place. So you have to do some thinking before you place. What I didn't do, which I thought was really cool and will change how I replay this game, is I don't often look at um scoring per se goals at the end of the instruction book. We kind of just get like um the general idea. So it's like the most facing colors, but what I didn't realize was how much we were changing that battlefield. And then I didn't realize you're looking at the top <laughs> down as well at the end, That's which tricky. was really cool because by the time we got to that point, uh it just really shed a whole new light on how we placed and how much more attention to detail we can do while like we were sitting down. Now I'm gonna wanna be standing up when I play it so I can look down at the board. But Kyle, essentially what you're doing is you're putting your pieces down, your cubes, cuboids, and you can. Uh, you're trying to. If you look at the cube base, the battlefield base, you get points for how many of your color is visible, because as you place these cuboids, they can overlap other players if they're going in a straight line, and they climb over the cube next to them or above them, above them if they have to. If you get to the top of the battlefield, it immediately goes right onto the top piece, etc. And you have these flags where after you place your turn, you can put your flag in any of your cuboids facing in any direction to block other people from going on certain routes on the battlefield. And you do this every time you end your turn. and just goes back and forth, one, 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 uh, until all your cubes are placed. And then you score and they have a cool thing. You can print out the um, scorecards on the website, which we did at the end. And cause we weren't, we weren't going to try to memorize what we <laughs> scored. Um, cause it turned out to be a lot, but, uh, I, I was green and yellow. Unfortunately, I, <laughs> I didn't realize how much yellow I had on one face, which was like 14 points on one side. So I ended up losing by like two points because I chose green over yellow, which is fine. Uh, a learning experience, but it was a lot of fun. I really liked it. We actually picked it up at Target, um, and During it's on the sale. sale. Yeah, yeah, it was a great price. I like highly recommend it. Uh, even at full price, twenty four bucks isn't bad at all for for this game. It's a nice, easy, accessible game, and for like us where we like games like um, um, Onitama, mm. uh, it's like a thinky kind of game as well. So it gives you that um in war chests even uh would have like similar like uh th- mindset as to like plotting out your turns so i I really liked control and we played Duel, or so- Duel of Sword island um which is something I got when I backed dinosaur Island the second time around um so we played dinosaur island last year for the first time, and that D- or island is essentially um uh, Mini dinosaur Island it plays very similarly um it is a two player game. There are definitely differences, but I think uh everything that we've talked about before as far as like getting attractions and merch stands and food and also dinosaurs um it's it plays exactly the same, which was a very like dinosaur Island took a lot to figure out, and you know it really <laughs> crunched our brains. But this one, it felt nice. To like we just fit right into those pants and started playing. <laughs> Pardon the <word>. terrible <laughs> pun. Uh, we re-entered the park. I don't know. Um, it was they added some pretty pretty funny specialist cards. They added uh, multipliers to the the draft dice, which actually makes it way more interesting because now you're incentivizing um, maybe a threat token or not. So it's still the same way if you have threat. Um, over your security level, the dinosaurs attack the visitors, uh, you still have your own board, so to speak. It's not quite the same as, as your, uh, dinosaur Island one, but a lot of fun two player game. It's nice because we played the short version and we scored up to the medium version. So we definitely could have played a medium length game, but yeah, a lot of fun again, Easy recommendation. I don't Does Is Duelist or Island sold in retail on its own right now? Do you know?
3: It's been out of print for a couple of years um, since the Kickstarter. We, we haven't had a reprint, but you might be able to find it on BGG Market or Amazon. Um, oh, yeah. Or if your FLGS just has had a copy on the shelves for a while.
2: Nice. So I feel special because I have something yeah. that people can't get. And <laughs> if you can find it, you should grab it. Um, did I you have did I miss or mess up anything talking about those two games? No, <laughs> that you, want you nailed add it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, okay, so now awesome. I'll concede my time to Danny.
3: Okay, so uh, I play board games on the weekend and video games on the weeknights and also the weekend. But um, our board game table is also our office table. Ah. <laughs> so <laughs> during the week our computers are set up. Um as you can see, uh Kyle and Josh can see, not everyone listening, but my background is all of my board games. Um so recently, after work, I've been playing Witcher 3 for the very first time. Uh I love open world exploration. Uh so this has been fun to discover and uh, I'm finally not scared of any any and everything I come across in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty well equipped to handle whatever the game throws at me. And I'm just about to enter the high-stakes Gwent tournament, which is exciting. Uh.
0: Um,
3: though uh, I've only beaten the first tournament uh, opponent and have had to restart <laughs> three times. So we'll see how long it takes me to get through that. Um, I've also wrapped up phoenix rising recently which was a super nice. fun ride uh very hilarious i loved all the banter <laughs> between <laughs> the two narrators um and it was it's a nice change of pace to have something so cartoony and irreverent yeah. um, and lighthearted uh to kind of escape into uh, i don't know that i will ever give up my pegasus mount though Even though all the DLC is super cool, but uh, my metallic Pegasus is what I've played with the whole game.
1: (laughs) Nice. I got, I think, a purple unicorn. Oh yeah, is like what I got when I was playing the game. It was like the second or third animal I tamed. I'm like, why would I ever get rid of this? (laughs) Like, I don't. I think I'm just going to stick with this one the entire time because a, it's like super, it's legendary and super high level, and it looks cool. I don't want this dumb deer over here. Forget that. (laughs) So I think it was. I think it was man now i'm wondering i don't think it was a pegasus i think it was just a unicorn i think yeah i think it was. anyway unicorn. neither of you nor there um
3: <laughs> super cool whatever it was um i also just started playing haven on the switch oh
0: ah. um
3: that one i'm only maybe an hour into it and still i'm assuming in the tutorial but it's so beautiful the opening sequence i was blown away by it's all watercolor and animated Um, And I just, I kept mashing the screenshot button, (laughs) so my my Switch photo album is filled with these two uh, gorgeous people moving around and (laughs) smooching. It's uh, the dialogue between the two. So the the setting, these two people are trapped on a, a planet in a a spaceship, and I don't know how much is two spoilers or whatever, but they're really the focus of the game. And the dialogue between the two is so realistic as as someone, like, as an exploration of a relationship and the, d- the dynamics between two people who are going through something difficult, being stuck on a planet together. Um, turns out they also escape some difficulties on their home planet too, so that's a whole nother thing, um... But I'm really enjoying the gameplay and the the characters. Um, Nice. Board game-wise, though, in my off time, I've been playing a lot of Umbravia, which is the Pandasaurus new release. Gotten a lot of plays of that underneath my belt. Um, (laughs) This one's releasing next month uh, on March 17th. It's uh, an abstract game, a gorgeous abstract game. The theme is that we've been transported into this secret garden, and flowers are blooming across these winding paths in the garden. And uh, the flowers are actually fragmented pieces of our soul that we have to gather in order to (laughs) be transported back to reality. (laughs) I don't know why this happened, um, but that's where we are. So, (laughs) to gather your soul, you have to, we're going to be bidding on. Pieces of the path tiles, um, placing them on the board to create those winding paths. And if a path is ever completed, we do a summoning and see who controls the path and they'll um, gather pieces of their soul back. Um, it's very, very interesting the how the, all those mechanics and decisions overlap. So uh, we have playthroughs online. We're doing demos the first week of March during Gen Con spring so you can join our discord to play along with that um super fun which is why i don't mind having played it a dozen times already <laughs> um also have been enjoying sleeping gods on the weekend uh nice. i think i think we've played 5 hours of that maybe more but uh that one's a beast to uh to set up and to enjoy like near and far above and below love the exploration the storytelling part of those games. So this is like that on steroids. It's all storytelling. The combat also is pretty unique too. If you've played Rome by Red Raven, it takes some elements of that like mm. grid structure. Um, everyone's talking about sleeping gods and they should be because it's great.
2: <laughs> is it campaign?
3: Yeah. 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 So
2: nice. I know uh, Kyle got his this week or last week.
1: Yeah. Now I just have to, you know, figure out how to play it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, no joke. I watched Rodney's watch it played video twice for it, and then like started reading yeah. the rule book. Um, you will probably only have to watch it once though, because I'm a bad listener. Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when we get to be talking about what I've been playing, you'll find out that is not true. Uh, I, I, I actually, <laughs> I actually started watching Rodney's video and was like, okay, it's almost forty minutes. I'm going to need to do this at a different time because I, I am not focused enough to like watch this right now. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm really excited to get this to the table. It's just, you know, with all the other things. Right. When, it, when Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad to hear you're enjoying it. That's awesome. No,
3: it's really good. I, so it comes with a, a whole pad of maps because you're supposed to play the campaign over and over and you'll, you'll start like accelerated with certain cards unlocked each time. But uh, what I missed in *Near and Far* and all those games was when you need something to exceed, to excel in a in a location. Now you have this piece of paper map, and you actually write notes and cross off locations, and it feels like you're on an adventure. It's super cool.
2: Nice. Yeah, you
1: know, if Ryan Lockett could stop be good at like everything, that'd be <laughs> super cool
3: oh oh my gosh
1: i don't say that out of jealousy at all <laughs>
3: <laughs> no but it's true he in my opinion really stepped up his art game for this game too it's uh yeah it's really good
1: yeah it's, it is absolutely stunning to look at definitely so but anything else you've been playing
3: um <laughs> no that's mostly it <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> that's it only all that <laughs> only only those things no big you thing. know what's funny i have to say I, I played a bunch of immortals uh phoenix rising as well mm-hmm. and i don't know why and i maybe have to blame hades for this but i i i did not enjoy prometheus and zeus like it just <gasps> oh, no. felt like and I, like, acknowledged – it felt like a bunch of dad jokes. It was really (laughs) awkward when I was playing it. But I think it's because I went from, like, the most seriousness of this – the mythology to this, like, very punny, jokey – Like, I love the gameplay. I really thought it was good. But every time they started talking, I was like, fast, skip, 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 skip.
3: (laughs) That's true. The the characters in Hades are so well-rounded and mature and eloquent. Um, yeah. When you put them side by side with Phoenix, they they are very different, and I can see definitely preferring one Zeus to the other.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> which is weird because like Immortals is like in my wheelhouse for my type of humor, so I don't know. It just is weird for me to not like take what was going on in there. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> I I think the the th- what I really appreciated about Immortals though is that so many games try to be so serious all the time and though i didn't find a ton of the jokes like super funny i didn't really ever laugh out loud like i smiled at some stuff it every it was just so much lighter and almost a breath of fresh air that i wasn't going to go into this i just think about my experience last year playing like the last of us part two and then i compare that to something like this it just i don't feel stressed out i don't feel super worried it's like you can go do stuff if you want to you're gonna hear some funny jokes there are some serious things in there too a little bit with the story if you follow along but for the most part it's just kind of a nice breezy it's a fun game to play maybe all the jokes don't land but it's still just fun which is (laughs) something we don't get all that often it seems these days yeah that's fair
2: i I try not to be overly critical of it
1: (laughs) kyle what have you been up to so i have been playing not anywhere near as much as the two of you have uh so i'm slightly embarrassed i think you made a mistake with your first game what do you mean I made a mistake? You,
2: you said you played something on a 25-year-old console.
1: Ooh. <laughs> 25 years old. Jeez. Goodness gracious, Josh. So, you know, I was going to start off talking about how I've been inspired by you, that I finally was <laughs> going to get around to this, you know, JRPG series that I've been meaning to play because of your playing Xenoblade, which I almost called Xenosaga again. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, uh, so, yeah. So, I, you know, dusted off the old Vita. Uh, because, you know, it was, it was needs some love and I started playing Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel, which, uh, I know, I know Josh, I have mentioned this before, so I think you're kind of generally aware of it. Danny, have you played the series? Know of the series? Mm -mm. Okay. So it it is a pretty I mean it is a very JRPG JRPG uh kind of it sometimes gets comparisons to being like Persona light Ooh, okay. um but it fo- but it follows the um, Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky series which came before it. Uh, there is the fourth version of, or the fourth installment Trails of Cold Steel 4 just came out recently. Uh, but you're following, you know, some students at a military academy and building relationships with them and, and you know, creating creating all those nice little social um, interactions there. And it's just, you know, I'm not very far into it. It starts off a little odd. It, it kind of threw me off because the game just starts going. There's basically no tutorial. The, on the Vita, like the screen came up. It's like, here's what the buttons do. And that was it. <laughs> there was like you get into your first battle there's no guiding you through battle like everything is level 45 right away and you have basically all of your abilities unlocked i'm like how am i supposed i don't know what any of this stuff does mm. <laughs> um classic jrpg
2: you fight the boss at the very beginning of the right, game it
1: was great and obviously once you get past that then it's like oh never mind that was just like your taste to know how the things work and what you get to look forward to in the future back to level one you go <laughs> um but it's been great i've been really enjoying it so far playing a game on the vita like this again is kind of nice i i haven't really played a jr RPG uh in a while you know like last since playing persona 5 so it's nice to get back to something that's a little crunchy like this that's gonna take me you know potentially 100 hours to finish um and like i said i'd heard great things about it really always wanted to play it so so far so good uh i'm probably only about four hours in i'm not very far at all but it just was something i, I really wanted to get back to you thanks to josh's inspiration of sitting down and him playing a jrpg and then he makes fun of me for it. but that's <laughs> fine whatever it's my job no big deal there <laughs> Uh, and then I decided that I have a couple board games that I've, you know, have been meaning to play. And he, me being the person who keeps up with the trend of the newest, latest, best board games, uh, maybe not so much when I talk about these next two. Uh, here, Danny is where I'm going to say that uh, no, uh, I'm going to have to watch things multiple times because I decided for Oceans that there's a light version of the app. Right. So I was like, hey, I'm going to download the light version of the app. I'll go through the tutorial in the app. So I'll know how to play the board sure. game. This will be perfect. Yeah. I I I have no idea. How to, I, I <laughs> have no clue what's going on at all. I played it and I got through the tutorial, and then was, was like, man, I kind of feel like a dumb dumb. Like I have no idea how I'm supposed to play this game. How this is supposed to go. Uh, really, am not uh feeling great about it. So then I pulled out the rule book and started reading, and I think I finally understand it. But I never actually got the game itself to the table. Uh, I just played it on the app a few times. But uh, I. <sighs> I really, really want to like this game. And I think that playing it on the tabletop, I will like it more just with how the leveling up of your sea creatures and adding new abilities to them and trying to do all of that on the app and keep track of it, especially when you're playing like on your iPhone and everything is very small. It's very challenging to like to grok all of that right away when you don't know the shorthand for everything, when you can't just look at something and be like, Oh, I know that is X because I've played this game so many times. Um, so then you're hovering over everything and trying to read it all. And th- that's not a fault of the, App design, I don't think. I think the app is designed about as effectively as it can be, but with just so many moving parts in a game that is deceptively complicated, I think it it seems kind of straightforward, but there is a lot of depth there. Um, I'm really struggling as far as, you know, playing the game successfully in the app goes, Um, but it has made me really appreciate being able to play the game on the tabletop. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting that to the table this weekend. Um, But yeah, I had to... (laughs) I don't think I've ever played through a, an app before and then afterwards been like, I have no idea what I just did a, at all. Like, I just, the tutorial went completely over my head. Uh, so I did not feel super bright after that. So that was awesome. Uh And then, you know, Call of the New, this little game that maybe no one's really heard of called Sagrada, yeah. I decided to finally, you know, play. Good job. I played Azul for the first time like two months ago, so I thought I'd just get Sagrada taken care of as well in that same time frame. Uh Josh, why did you tell me how good this game was?
2: If only I had been telling you for years how good this game was.
1: <laughs> I really like draughty games, Josh. Why did you tell me? Uh,
2: you know, I'll tell you what. I've been playing I've been playing Sagrada with our a couple of listeners of ours on the app, so it's about time you got the physical board game going.
1: And <laughs> I had so much fun playing the physical board game, Josh. I downloaded the app too so I can play with you. Good job. <laughs> so there we go. But I know Josh has talked about this game multiple times on the podcast before, so we're not going to belabor it. Um, But just if you have the opportunity to get it, I would highly recommend it. It definitely is a game that is pretty, again, a pretty easy to teach, pretty easy to learn game. The one complication being a little bit of the dice placement while you're building your stained glass window of remembering that, like, hey, you can't put same colors and same numbers next to each other. Um, So just trying to remember that, which is nice in the app that it very clearly tells you you can't do yeah. that, um, <laughs> because this is a game. I definitely could see myself, uh, accidentally, you know, accidentally cheating. Right where you're like, <laughs> I put this thing here, and then we're like, oh shoot! Two turns later, you're like, I, I can't have done that. Oopsies. Now what do I do? Because we're yeah, yeah cause you we're two lose turns later, and a like, Point, Garn. Kyle. <laughs> I know, I know you do. <laughs> but hey.
3: no, there's been many so, times of it. I've taught Sagrada to new people, and halfway through, I'm like, ooh hmm what are we gonna do about this because you just lost like 10 points so maybe we just start again (laughs) yeah
2: that's probably the best chorus right
1: (laughs) yeah but it is a great game and hey you know i figured this was a good game to talk about too because though i didn't play a pandasaurus game peter walken who did the art for sagrada also did the art for dinosaur island so there we go that's like a connection right
2: (laughs) did you search for it or was it a coincidence
1: no, I just, I, they just kind of happened to be that way. When I looked Sagrada up on Board Game Geek, I was like, hey, Peter Walken, I know, because he, because Josh, he did Dead of Winners, so of course, like, of course. <laughs> I know these things.
2: How could you not know everyone but, who made that game?
1: <laughs> I know, Dead of Winner, best thing ever, but cool. So that's what I've been playing. Um, oh, and then I forgot, I talked about this really briefly before. Um, I've gotten farther into control on PS5. Um, Man, you know, <laughs> one of our listeners reached out to me not too long, like actually like t- earlier today or yesterday, uh, <laughs> kind of gave me a hard time about backwards compatibility, because on the show we just talked about how I'm like, yeah, backwards compatibility, like it's cool, like I'll use it if it's there, and he's like, and now you're playing Control again, I'm like, I know, like I'm not saying I'm not a hypocrite, I'm just <laughs> saying that in general, if given the choice, I probably don't care as much about it, Um, plus this is like a totally new game. And you're going to play, play God time.
2: of War next, right? I know. Another like, old what's game the big that deal? you've already played. <laughs>
1: right. What's the big deal? That one I don't at least have the platinum in, though, so that'll be fine. Ooh, deal,
3: so. uh, I definitely got the platinum in that one. I tracked down all of the little Ravens, fought all of oh the little Oh my Valkyries. gosh, that's why
1: I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I don't... Oh.
2: Well, Kyle, what's like, your excuse?
1: <laughs> my excuse is, well, number one, I... I decided with the Ravens because I didn't realize the Ravens were a thing until probably farther in the game than I should have because I'm not very observant all the time and then when I saw there's like 40 of them I was like I probably missed like 15 already so I'm not going to go back and look for these things but then I saw that you had to beat all the Valkyries and I was like well and I'm a bad gamer too so this is perfect here's another reason why I'm not going to get the Platinum in God of War so uh, no it was a struggle but actually, my plan was but you did it that's great yeah, yeah those Valkyries are no joke I know. No, I the, beat like two of them, and I was like, "I'm the, good."
3: The hardest part was going through, um, oh gosh, Muspelheim and Nifelheim with the. I don't like fighting very much, so why I played God of War is, you know, kind of funny because it's a lot <laughs> of the <fighting>. story. <laughs> it's totally the story. Um, but I trekked through the strength trials, and I persevered through the fog trials, which was not my favorite part. But um, the the ravens. Is probably about as satisfying as find, finding all the Korok seeds in Breath of the Wild. Like Oh. <laughs> you do it because You don't
1: you don't know our <laughs>
3: <laughs> Oh no. <laughs>
2: no, no, it's okay. We have a it's okay. About
1: Breath of the Wild I was thinking Rhythm trophies. But, that's okay. but Korok seeds are good like too. It.
2: That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're notorious for not liking Breath of the Wild on this <laughs> podcast. Oh, I know. No. I figured I probably shouldn't have said that, Kyle. <laughs>
3: If I had known, okay. we're, we're glad you like it.
2: <laughs> yes, we love that people love it. It just wasn't.
3: That's fine. We're,
2: we're more Horizon Zero Dawn speed
3: Oh, well, I'm also that.
2: Good. That's, that's a, good to hear. my yeah. favorite game of all time.
3: No, that one's another one I platinumed because I couldn't get enough of the world. I'm very excited yes. for the new one that's coming out.
2: Yes, me too. Good. See, look at I distracted from the breath of the wild thing, <laughs> Kyle. Didn't I do good? <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're so good.
1: You're so good. Oh man. Okay. Well. Yeah. But anyway, Control. Uh, I'll probably get the platinum there again, and then go to God of War, and hopefully, maybe this time I'll get the platinum. Danny has motivated me. Danny, have it...
2: you played Control?
3: No. I
2: don't. Ooh, no, you you got to play Control.
0: Did
2: How did I describe it today in Discord? It's like if the Matrix and Uncharted had a baby, and it had. A uh, kick-ass female protagonist.
3: I like that. I'm I'm still in the middle of. Um...
2: Oh yeah, you don't have to stop what you're playing.
3: <laughs> no, well then I I was in the middle of my sentence and I forgot. I got confused between Uncharted and Nathan Drake, which are different games, correct?
2: No, same. same oh, one. Same, same, same.
3: Dang it! So yes, I am still in the middle of Uncharted Two. It's very scary oh. for me. <laughs> I'm at the yeti <laughs> part, and I had to have my partner come in and kill it for me
2: <laughs> do you have do you have p s plus uh-huh yep. the, uh control is free this month oh okay and it's and it's the ultimate well, whatever it's called it's the version that also is upgraded for p s five if you have one or are getting one if you can ever find one in the wild
3: oh, I do have one <laughs> it was we got lucky.
2: Yeah, same here. I think we bo- all of us got lucky with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. The ultimate edition is free on, on PS Plus right now. It's it was uh, Kyle and my game of the year two years two years ago. Twenty nineteen.
3: Yeah, oh dang! Okay, uh,
2: cool. Very very cool game. But even if uh, you just check it out, it's you know technically free for you to try it. Right,
3: right, <laughs> right. Awesome.
1: Though there are some spookies.
2: There are some spookies. <laughs>
1: We'll see. And there is but,
2: uh, gun combat.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is gun combat, probably.
2: but you can also that use telekinesis, not... <laughs> so yeah. that's pretty cool.
3: And maybe when I just watch someone else play, which mm. is also enjoyable.
1: Yes. Do you like? Do you like Twin Peaks?
3: Yeah, I've seen it all.
1: Then you'll probably then you'll probably like. Control. Okay,
3: so it's that same level of kind of weird, kind of unsettling, but still X, cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hex yeah, Files, Twin yes. Peaks, mm-hmm. yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Indeed. Cool. All right. Well, with that then, on to our second topic. And this, you know, I just figured gaming-related topic that we just want to chat about. Just something that's on our mind. We're recording this a bit early, you know, a week ahead of time. So this uh, this stuff might not be super timely. But we just wanted to, you know, throw things out there to talk about. Things that are in our gaming hearts right now. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, again, Danny, is the as the guest, you get to pick. Do you want to go first? Do you want one of us to go first? What are your thoughts? <laughs>
3: I'll go first no this pressure. time. That's fine. Awesome. <laughs> um. So when I was thinking about this show and when it was going to be airing, I was hoping that the Dinosaur World Pledge Manager would be open when this airs. Um, however, there's a huge snowstorm going on that's affecting Austin, Texas, pretty heavily, and half my team is based in Austin, Texas. So uh, there, they've been my bosses have been without power for almost forty eight hours now, huh. uh, in nine degree weather. So, um, so we're going to talk about snow <laughs> instead of dinosaur <laughs> world. <laughs> um, my Nathan has been posting pictures of online of them cooking on their fireplace, which they previously had called superfluous cause it's freaking Texas. But, uh, Molly is wearing four layers and a snow cap and scarves and, and whatnot. Um, and, They're, like, rationing their cell phone usage because they don't have power, so they can't charge it. So twice a day they check in, make sure the world's not burning. Um, Wow. But (laughs) this week was going to be the week that we finished all the testing of the pledge manager and opened up late pledges to everyone's excitement. So uh, I posted in all of our social media, Kickstarter, Facebook groups and whatnot, being like, Yo, uh, I know we said it was going to happen this week, but wait one more week, please. So, um, hopefully by the time this episode <laughs> airs, internet is restored, the frosty yeah. winds have calmed down and we can celebrate some dinos.
0: <laughs>
2: nice. Can I ask you? I need your professional advice mm-hmm. for my question. I want to know I all I want to know if this is weird because we I talked about this last week. I backed Cascadia on Kickstarter. It funded. Last week I got my pledge manager from GameFound.
3: The new crowdfunding platform?
2: Yeah. So I thought it was a little weird. And I was curious, do you do you see I don't know, do you see this as something that is bizarre or maybe something that is just maybe out of necessity, like they found a better crowdfunding platform?
3: So um I know before GameFound started Hosting their own campaigns and felicitating the actual crowdfunding, they were akin to Backer Kit and Pledge Manager. So oh. that's more what they're, I don't want to say wheelhouse because they seem to be doing a good job with the crowdfunding, but um, that's what they started as. So um, I don't know that it's weird, but um, I also can see the confusion now that they, their identity has yeah. kind of changed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, that's good to know. I didn't know that they were doing all that stuff before. Yeah, it just caught me off guard. I was like, why am I getting an email from GameFound? It's very yeah. bizarre, but...
3: No, it was... I, I cool. thought the same thing when they first started crowdfunding with... Uh, what was their first... Isis Vanguard, I think, was their first campaign. Yeah, but, Vanguard, yeah. But they had... Um, because they'd started as a, a pledge manager type thing, uh, anybody, any campaign who had used them in the past, they, they had all the backer info, so they actually offered five dollar off coupons for for backing Vanguard because they wanted people to to move to their platform um, which I thought was interesting I really actually like what they're doing I don't know if you've looked at a campaign page in depth but they have like a whole table of contents and you can jump and I really like the the tracker bar it's somehow super motivating to me even though I have yet to back (laughs) a campaign on their site but uh, it's super sleek how they have it all designed
2: yeah, yeah, I agree. They're definitely more clear about the add-ons and all that kind of stuff, too, which is nice to see.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting. Sorry for, for that detour. No, no, no. <laughs> you're good. It's an interesting topic.
1: Cool. So, Dinosaur World, hopefully next week. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> hopefully, when you're listening to this episode, dear listeners, you can go oh, yeah. late pledge to some Dinosaur World and Dinosaur Island Roar and Write, which are... Um,
1: since yeah. we've mentioned
3: Dinosaur Island already, these are standalone games to to that universe. So Dinosaur World is basically Dinosaur Island's older brother, with um, tile placement and route building. So you're actually driving your jeep, your jeeple, through Dino paddocks and <laughs> visiting merch stands and restaurants and stuff. Um, that's no, that, that's the actual term. I'm not just being funny. Um, it's in the rulebook. <laughs> no, I know. That's why I love
1: board games. <laughs>
3: um dinosaur island rar right is the roll in right version of dino island and it um actually does a great job of emulating the same feeling of drafting dice crafting dna making dinos um it's super fun nice but if you late pledge you get the same add-on stretch goals unlocked as during the actual kickstarter so
1: it's pretty cool
2: sweet very cool
1: you're just obligated to say dino DNA anytime you're talking about dino DNA.
2: <laughs> yes, I would need I I to Park play this so game with, with you. Oh my gosh, I love <laughs> I Park. almost wore my... I just... I, Kyle and I own the same Jurassic Park shirt, and I thought for sure if I wore it tonight, he'd also be wearing it, so I decided not to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Dang, I should have had you help me with a Kickstarter flavor text for all the stretch goals.
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh. I love. I mean, uh, when I talk about favorite movies of all time, definitely I think Jurassic Jurassic Park has to be number one for me. Like, you can have your Star Warses and all that other stuff. That's fine. (laughs) Take all that. Give me Jurassic Park any day of the week. I love that movie so much. That's a good one. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. (laughs) Josh, what is your topic? Hey,
2: I'm not going to do my impression, but. S- snake <laughs> uh <laughs> friend of the show friend of mine i'm gonna call him a friend of mine emerson That's nice. he Does might he know that? i think he knows that i'm pretty <laughs> sure he lets me know whenever he's in in my state which is nice emerson's um, so
3: sweet
2: he's the nicest guy in the world he really is Um, and I know that he lets me know when he's here out of his (laughs) kindness of his heart, not because he feels that he needs to let me know. He's just like, oh, I should just tell Josh I'm here. Um, so we've been talking to Emerson a bunch and, uh, we were very excited for Metal Gear Solid and we've been waiting and we've been waiting and, you know, we didn't really, I didn't, I didn't really want to push asking him more about it. The last time I talked to him about it was. Uh I wanna say last year, but last year was a pandemic, so two years ago.
3: <laughs> oh man.
2: <laughs> when I was playing Taverns of Tiefenthal with him at at the little board game convention here, and he was so happy with the progress it was making and uh this was right when they launched it on the um, like the pre-order site. So things seemed to be going okay. But unfortunately, uh the game has been, I guess, officially canceled, um, which is a bummer. Really, I think what that means is IDW decided that they're not going to publish it because Emerson wrote a note about kind of what this means on Board Game Geek, where he decided in December the decision was made to not move forward with it. But um, the rights to the design were actually given back to him a few weeks ago. So he still does hold those rights and he's been working with um a friend who's good at board game licensing and has some connections with konami so he's really hoping that they can get this game up and running somewhere somehow um danny something he joked about with us the first time when he was on the show was the rule book the size of the rule book for metal gear solid and he said it was the rumor online was like a joke and it was like the 200 page rule book for Metal Gear. And we asked him about it. And he was like, it's actually only like 111 pages. And oh, he no. wasn't joking. Right. It was like a 111 page rule book. But the way he defended it was by saying, like, the guy who put out games with one page rule books is coming out with an 111 page rule book, but it was full of like graphic novel content as well to fill in the story. But still pretty hilarious. Um, from, yeah, opening any century game with a double-sided one-page rule book to a, <laughs> a dictionary. Um, so he's still working on it. Uh, so my question to you guys is, Kyle, first, because I think, well, I'm going to ask Danny a harder question, but the same <laughs> idea. Kyle, do you think that we see Metal Gear Solid, the board game, at all? by by emerson sorry
1: (laughs) uh i don't think so and it breaks my heart to say that and i don't think it's by any means his fault i i I just think there's so much when it comes to licensing issues and everything associated with that i just don't know um let me say by that name i don't know that we'll ever see that game now Ah. i think it's very possible if he cannot get the licensing stuff worked out like he's trying to do that he might repurpose some of those ideas into something like specter apps with
2: a hundred page rule (laughs) book
0: i mean maybe
1: um but and you know part of that being i have read like the thread that is on bgg that he was responding to and that kind of sounds like what he said i that might happen yeah that he is trying to still you know work something out with the licensors uh and interesting in there he talks about how uh, the reason kickstarter wasn't a thing for this project is that the license holder didn't want that so it sounds like Konami was like, man, maybe we don't really want to go that route as far as um, doing a Kickstarter, which I can you know, understand to a degree there. Uh, but I I hope it works out because I know how passionate he is about Metal Gear. And just, you know, when he was on the show talking about it, the references he made and how much of the references he made went completely over my head Yeah, that I was like, well, I'm sure Metal Gear fans appreciate that because <laughs> I have no idea what that meant. Um, and I, I just know he really cared deeply about this project so I hope they can work it out and that he can help make something work out because I know how hard he's worked and, and how passionate he is I, I just I'm not super optimistic that something's going to shake out in regards to this but I hope I'm wrong okay
2: Danny two questions one working in the industry is this something that you would say is happens often perhaps and two can can Panda Service just publish this game <laughs>
3: oh um two great questions let me answer the second one first uh that would be awesome i you know anything is possible um (laughs) if emerson wants to show us the prototype that would be great our dev email is always open Um, i'm
2: gonna email them after we record
3: (laughs) Tell him to write the email in French, because Emerson always practices his French with me when when we run into each other at shows. (laughs) Nice. I'm going to have
2: a little six degrees in here, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: The first question, though, does this happen often? As in games being announced and then delayed or canceled. Um, I think delays happen fairly frequently. Um, Just because we have to... Produce the game and ship the game so far after we announce the game and all of our partners like it's helpful to press people to know when it's actually releasing. It's helpful to players to know when their pre-order is actually going to ship and for stores and distributors to know when they'll be able to purchase it and bring it into their stores. Um, So delaying very, very frequent because shipping delays can happen. Development delays can happen. as for, well, Umbravia. I'm going to use Umbravia as an example of like unforeseen circumstances. Because this game it's releasing March 2021. However, it's been sitting at our factory since January 2020. Because Whoa. pandemic happened. <laughs> now, yeah. while to us this was delayed for over a year, y'all didn't know that because we hadn't announced it yet. So we kind of like brushed that delay underneath the rug. And it was a chosen delay, right? Molly and Nathan paused everything in the early days of the pandemic while no one knew what the heck was happening. um, And then, you know, shuffled our release schedule around to make the most sense. Um, So I think that happens more often than people realize just because there's lots of juggling and shuffling before things are announced. Um, Canceling a game. That's happened in some of my previous positions, too. Licensing issues, uh, fallout with designers. I don't know that that's happened in this instance. Um, but it's certainly unfortunate because it seems like a lot of people were super excited about it, mainly Emerson.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, mainly Emerson, yeah.
3: Yeah, so I hope that someone can pick it up, um, sooner rather than later, though I hope it is later enough for me to catch up on Metal Gear Solid because I don't know any (laughs) of the references except for Snake, but even that is just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I thought your impression was great, Josh.
2: <laughs> oh thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh I'll give you some clips notes for Metal Gear. You'll n- no one understands it. You just go along <laughs> for the ride. <laughs> and that's coming from a, a big Metal Gear solid fan.
1: There's there's <laughs> no something about does.
3: sneaking in boxes, is that right?
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And he actually de- he had actually designed that into the game.
3: Oh, neat.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just is just as over the top as anything you've ever seen in metal gear if (laughs) now if he has a naked ride and doing a cartwheel miniature figure that's peak metal gear (laughs) that would be peak metal gear
1: (laughs) oh man oh goodness gracious But yeah, I don't know. I feel like the Metal Gear Solid storyline is pretty much like the Kingdom Hearts storyline. Like, people say they know what's going on, but no one actually Uh, knows what's going on. I see. I fully understand (laughs) that. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, exactly. Everyone knows the characters. They're like, this character's cool, but nobody actually knows what's going on in the game.
3: Um, (laughs) It doesn't matter when the characters are cool enough.
2: There you go. (laughs)
1: I agree 100%. <laughs> I love Overwatch. I couldn't tell you anything about the world, but I could tell you all about the cool characters that they have. Um, that's actually not totally true, because I probably know more about the world than I should. But that's, you know, what $1,500 of a game will get you. Anyway, uh, cool. I Good luck to Emerson. Man, I hope he's able to get that sorted out. Mm-hmm. But I will also say good on him for coming out and saying something, because there's been so many questions about where this game has been at and what's been going on, and, you know, the fact that they were taking pre-orders, um it yeah.
3: Oof. Yeah, it's super stressful. What a mess. Um when people are excited about it and they know hope that it's it's coming, it's the same with with kickstarters, right? You've announced this thing, you've supported this thing months before you actually get to to own and play the thing. So, um yeah, the same I I see and understand these people's passion.
1: And sometimes your Kickstarter ends up on the bottom of the ocean. And sometimes
2: your Kickstarter is published by Golden Bell Studios.
3: Ooh, hopefully not.
2: (laughs) We're both Kyle and I are both victims of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that was a bummer. Yeah, but my my copy of Good Puppers is on the bottom of the ocean right now. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but I'm really excited about it though. They they just got my update. Their new ones are shipping out this week, so that's pretty exciting. They've done the best they can in that cruddy situation. Did
3: a container sink? What happened?
1: Ooh. Yeah, whole boat. Yeah, right? so yeah, <laughs> the, they yeah uh ship they the ship lost like a hundred some containers. Oh, um, man. this was back in like November, December, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and it, it was far enough away that they, for the ship to turn around, it was going to take like ten days for them to like get back to port, and then obviously having to go through all the containers to figure out where the stuff is, they just started reprinting. So I think I don't even know if they know now if they if their things were overboarded. <laughs> But they have just reprinted the whole run yeah. and are have it coming out. I'm assuming there's insurance for that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't
3: know. <laughs> I hope so too. There's gotta be. <laughs> I don't do logistics, so
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So But I mean, realistically, I guess if it's going to happen, it was a $15 card game. So it's not like, you know, end of the world, but it was still a lot of copies, you know, but I got I have to imagine there's insurance for that. Maybe not. I would assume there is, but we'll hope there is. Let me
2: Google. I'll Google maritime insurance law. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we to see what's going on. Um, cool. All right. So, you know, with the cold that we have talked about that's going on in the United States right now, and I just read a little thing the other day or earlier today about how I think it was like 73 or 78% of the country is currently covered in snow, Whoa. which is the most part of the country that's ever been covered in the snow since they started keeping track of that. In 2002, which that date was kind of disappointing. Like, I thought that would have been like a long standing thing <laughs> tracking because you know, when they're like, oh, it's the coldest day since like 1864, but apparently, <laughs> snow coverage only been tracked since the early 2000s. Right. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so I just want to talk a little bit about like, you know, what are some hidden gems or some games that you would encourage people to play? right now because you know releases are a little bit slow especially on the video game side board games there's always a lot of board games and fun board games coming out but you know going to your flgs is a little more challenging right now so it might be a good time to kind of either dust something off that you have hiding in the closet or find something you know that's a little easier to that you have some easier access to Hmm. so if you had to recommend some nice games right now that help you feel nice and warm inside josh what would you recommend um Last
2: night, my wife taught me how to play Stardew Valley because we realized the patch was out for split screen. So Mm -hmm. we did... What did we do last night? (laughs) This is how time is now. Um, We played two board games and then we crawled into bed and we played split screen Stardew Valley. So she taught me how to play that. So that's nice. Uh, Co-op. I mean, she's... I it's it's been a long time since I felt um, what's the right word? Out of touch with a video game, and she I finally also felt how she must feel when I described to her games I'm playing because she was telling me how to do things and I was like you're speaking a different language to me. (laughs) Uh, I'm exhausted. My energy's gone within five minutes of playing, and she's like, "What are you doing? You're going to sleep the day away." I'm like you said we got to build a garden. I'm hoeing the ground. She's like, no, you can't. So I go to bed literally in the game and I get up and I was getting ice cream and she's just playing around the rest of the world. Um, but it was fun. It's something I'm looking forward to playing more. So that's something we should, you should focus on co-op. Uh, I, it's hard to recommend something like a board game, right? That I have that other people might not have. Cause like my first thought was, um, Beast of Balance is a game we had on our oh. shelves for years.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And we just never got to playing it. And finally, uh, we got to playing it not too long ago. And and it's one of those moments where you go, how, why, why did, like, you're with Sagrada. Like, why did I just let this sit around so long? Except no one was saying, hey, play Beast of Balance. Hey, play, come on, have you played Beast of Balance yet? That wasn't happening, but... That was super fun. That was a really fun time. And it's not, it's more cooperative than anything else. And I think right now, like if you're like locked up with someone, so to speak, maybe that's a bad like phrasing. If you're with somebody and you can't get away from them, maybe uh, you should look for cooperative games. Uh, if If that's what the like shared feeling is. Like my wife doesn't like competitive games, so I have to search out cooperative games. So, th- so some things like that. Even control wasn't too bad. Like it wasn't too um, competitive, especially playing two-player where you're playing two different colors. So we we had a lot of fun with that too. But uh, this question came up in our Discord for cooperative games. So like Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, a uh, very easy recommendation for a cooperative game. Although it is, for me, maybe not for Kyle, difficult. Uh, <laughs> most of the people I know who played it aren't having the same difficulties we are so we're doing something wrong um and then co-op games like on the switch is probably the best console for that although you can play like overcooked which we haven't played yet but even the new marios one to four players for the base game one to two for bowser's fury so those would be some recommendations i have
1: awesome danny what are your recommendations
3: um, so, if we want to play with other people and feel warm and cozy, even if we're not in the same area, uh, this is a recent-ish game, I think it came out in the fall, but it's called Monstrosity, with monst Draw city Um, you can play this over Zoom, or Skype, or whatever, which is why I'm recommending it, so only one person needs to own a copy. Um, it's basically... <laughs> There's a deck of cards that are illustrated with fantastical, ridiculous monsters. So on your turn, you're going to spend 30 seconds looking at whatever monster you've drawn. Um, And after 30 seconds, you put the card away. You cannot look at it anymore. And you have to describe it to everyone else. I think you have a minute or two to describe what you've seen uh, in all of its weirdness. And everyone else is drawing as per your description. So it's kind of like the pol- the police sketch of the the guilty party, um, but with monsters with weird uh, features, <laughs> and it then you of course compare and then the the person describing the monster awards the card to whoever is closest or whoever they like the best, and it's ludicrous. It's just so much laughter and lightheartedness. Um, it's really, <laughs> it's so much fun. I want to play it all the time.
1: Nice. Cool. We've Any other recommendations?
3: <laughs> Do you say that because you've seen what I've written in the show notes?
1: <laughs> I mean, I see what you've written and maybe I want to talk about it.
3: <laughs> so um, we got a PS5, as I mentioned. And when you boot it up, it comes installed with a game called Astro's Playground. And it's actually so good. I love <laughs> it. Um, I know it's a game designed just to show off the fancy new controller and all of the features it has, but um, I had so much joy playing it. I don't normally play Mario games. It's not my vibe, but this is Mario-esque. Just a lot of fun. Very cute. And you get to to roll a ball by moving your fingers on the trackpad. You get to blow little windmills by blowing onto the controller. It was so cool. Blew my mind.
2: Yeah, we, we're big fans. We've talked about it on the show a few times, but, you know, this really could have been a full-fledged $60 game, mm-hmm. or maybe 40 but it's <laughs> definitely, they put a lot of love into the game, um, and, and that's one of the games. I played it fully, and then I had my wife play it, and she didn't want to stop playing either, and mm-hmm. she started a whole new save, and, and yeah, it's really great tech demo for what that controller can do.
3: Yeah, it's super impressive, and so- I hunt down all of the little like the retro controllers and and consoles that they have hidden throughout it
1: (laughs) and it's so good now that the you know astropod can drift on his own and you don't even have to touch the controller Uh, a
2: little sony burn listen they're not as bad as the switch kyle
1: (laughs) it's a sony burn from me (laughs) oh those are some great recommendations i man i love astro do you have a recommendation
2: kyle Did you give? um... I have a couple.
1: I have a couple recommendations. (laughs) Uh, My recommendations for video games, you know, I I always go back to the same types of video games, especially from a co-op perspective. You know, playing Overcooked is something that. My partner and I are going to probably play forever. Like I love Overcooked, Overcooked too. And it was just announced that the the full version of all of them together that is on the next gen consoles is coming to last gen consoles uh, in March. So if you're looking for the all you can eat edition that has all the stuff put together, um, and you don't aren't fortunate enough to have a PS5 or an Xbox Series system right now, um, those will be available on the previous systems. And I believe crossplay enabled, maybe knock on wood, hopefully. Um, Because those games are awesome, and they do allow up to four-player co-op, which is great. Uh, The other one, then, is just a a game that I really enjoyed that came out last year, and we talked about on the show, but I don't know a lot of people played it, and that's moving out. Hmm. Still love moving out, love moving furniture, and packing (laughs) things up in the house. (laughs) Who who loves that, Kyle? (laughs) (laughs) I love it, the video game, because I really hate it in real life, Uh, but just working together. And the fact the game has the built-in... ability for you to adjust the difficulty where it's not just easy medium hard but you can literally be like oh let the furniture disappear when it puts in the when it's in the truck so that way you don't have to worry about trying to puzzle like Tetris everything in together um so you can you know there's different ways within the game that you can just tweak the mechanics that make the game a little bit easier or a little bit harder so if you start getting frustrated you can make it a little easier once you get the hang of it you can make it a little bit harder and it just all kind of flows as you're going it just is a really fun interesting w- way to like play and really have to we're in overcooked it's like a lot of like handing off and throwing things back and forth to each other Mm -hmm. and moving out it's like we're both holding a couch and we have to like pivot through this obstacle course together so there's a lot of conversation happening and a lot of if you're a friend of friends a lot of yelling of pivot and things like that as you're going through and it's really great so i think moving out is wonderful um and then when it comes to board games, this is, this is going to probably be odd for people. On days like this and in winter days and when it's you know going to be playing a board game for a long time and it's cold and dingy, uh, I tend to go back to the game my partner likes the best. So we play games that melt my poor little brain that I can't handle. Um, right now, a couple of things that we've been playing or, or trying to get to the table more often is since um, we just backed Carnegie on Kickstarter – um, we've been going back to some of Sebastian Digedin's other games and playing Trois and playing Black Angel, uh, and things like that just just make me feel like I'm not a super smart person. Um, obviously, we've talked about other really heavy euros on here that she enjoys. um, so that's kind of like. On those cold, wintry days, it's like, all right, we're going to wake up in the morning, get some coffee, set up the board game, take a break, eat some lunch, maybe throw something in the crockpot, and then by dinner time, we'll be done with our game, (laughs) and then we can eat some dinner, and it's just a great time spent together during the day. Um, So, yeah, you know, Feast for Odin, any of those games. All those light, um, (laughs) All those light, just fun games. Like, that's what we do, and it gets, like, you know, the days are short. It's like, hey, let's just play a game that's going to take the whole day. Um, So... You know, and then she can win the games because I'm really bad at them, but it's still fun. Um, so those are the kinds of the, the you say I, that
2: so fun. cringy. It's it's still fun.
1: <laughs> it is fun. It's just at some point my brain starts to just not work anymore, and I'm like, I made a decision, and if like four de- like plays later, I'm like, why did I do that thing? Like, for that was so stupid. Like, why did I make that decision? So yeah, I should I'm add much better at-
2: villainous over Skype works great and so does marvel villainous um, i only say that because i just i just did that target buy two get one and pre-ordered the new villainous because it was part of the deal um but that also works great over skype
3: good to know but you do need two copies mm. so cool
1: well, hey, that's all our recommendations. Hopefully, between all of that, dear listener, you can find some fun things to play. But realistically, by the time this episode posts, it's supposed to be warmer out, so hopefully, it won't be a big deal.
2: I had an ice storm yesterday. Like <laughs>
1: I, I know where I live. Where am I going to maybe even be in the? We 30s? got a foot My of snow
2: goodness. coming Thursday. I'm not worried about uh, <laughs> some warmer weather yet.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it, it'll 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 be here. Don't worry, Josh. I mean, May's not that far away.
2: I've seen a snowstorm in May.
1: Uh, okay. Well, you know, I'm get trying to get me to July and we'll talk.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, perfect. All right. And with that, we are going to move on to topic three, which is question time and getting to know Danny a little bit better, who has been so gracious with her time yes. this evening. So we really do appreciate it. Uh, Josh, I'm going to let you start because, like I said, I usually just take over these things and start talking. So, Josh, I'm just going to let you take it away, ask the questions, and then at the end, I will interject with fun things I might have to ask. Okay.
2: Them. Danny. if we go too long, just do this or a chat and say too long. And we'll, we'll, we'll uh, naturally end.
3: <laughs> I think, I think I'll be good until 10. If we want to aim for okay.
2: that. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. I don't want to cut your part short. Next time we'll talk less about, what did I talk too long about Kyle? <laughs> um, okay. So my first thought when talking to you was, I was just, Thinking about your job and in our interaction and how your conventions must be, um, I was really just curious, um, with how customer facing your job is, what was not only, I think you started a new job in 2020, but how, how was 2020 for you in your job?
3: So I did have two jobs in 2020, um, one was for Gamma, the nonprofit for the board game industry, who also puts on Origins Game Fair a convention. So being in charge of putting on a physical convention in the middle of a pandemic was not so much fun. <laughs> 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 um, actually, quite a struggle because we're we rushing to make everything digital, but you know Origins is typically in June. So when the pandemic announced was announced, it was March. So we had two and a half months to make things happen. Um, it was a pretty wild time, um, and a lot needed to change, So, uh, including how I did social media, right? So the normal promo images I would use of past Origins and people playing games at tables were suddenly uh, not okay. And I got yelled at by people, not not my bosses or anything, but people on the internet seeing these, calling for me to be fired because I posted pictures of Origins past. So that was... Uh, yes. That was uh, something I needed to change pronto, right? Um, And it was hard to to pivot from. Um, Later in 2020, I started at Pandasaurus. So I've been on the team since August, though it feels like forever, actually, because the team is so awesome. And I've known that everyone on the team for a few years now. So it's kind of a seamless transition onto that team. But that was still a change too due to the pandemic because a big part of publisher marketing is in-person conventions which still weren't a thing right (laughs) so uh now we do a lot of digital playthroughs and digital conventions and i've become very well versed in tabletop simulator and am in it every week (laughs) um it's a Silver lining, though, we work that into our marketing moving forward. So, like, every new release thereabouts is uh, going to have a digital version that people can play ahead of time, which is Mm. nice for press because um, I can't send a a complimentary review copy to everyone. So I can just send a link to TTS and be like, here, like, play at your leisure. Have fun. It's free for everyone. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Makes things a lot easier. Um. Another struggle was player count. So we've talked a lot about the two player games that we've been enjoying recently. However, Pandasaurus released a three player minimum game in 2020 called Tammany Hall. So uh, that was kind of a hurdle. Uh, I had reviewers turn down free copies because they're like, well, I only have me and my partner at home. So like, we just can't play. Mm. I want to. Sorry. We just can't. Um, I can take photos, but I can't comment on the game. So um, <laughs> luckily for Tammany, it was a more of a fancy reprint. Like, that was the first game Panasaurus ever released back in 2012. So it had people who knew about it already. So that made things a little bit easier, fortunately. Um, I don't know if that really answered your question, but I, I gave yeah. you answers. no, definitely.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs>
2: yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, for sure. Um it's just one of those things – I think like as a consumer, you you don't – I mean, we Kyle and I kind of are forced to think about these things because it's just part of the industry we love. But I don't think a lot of consumers think about uh, what the people on the inside are, are dealing with and, and how they have to overcome these hurdles because uh, I know that it's such a me, 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 a consumer part of mm-hmm. it. Like I want to go to do this uh, – it's tough to, especially in the last year, I think it was tough for a lot of people to take a step back because everyone was feeling this personal attack on themselves and no one was thinking about other, pe- other people. And I don't mean no one in general, but just like in that mindset where uh, I probably often think about that too much what other people are going through, but that's <laughs> that's to my own detriment. Uh, so yeah, I, I felt uh for you and people like you that have to go through uh what was a tough year for board games in general uh when and there was like so much uncertainty uh i was just really curious so no you answered it great uh it's and i'm it, glad that you guys adapted digitally because i know that that was a big challenge for a lot of people
3: well there are still publishers who who haven't who don't see the benefit with it and it certainly doesn't work for every game like I tried to play a drafting game on TTS the other day and cards went flying. They were stuck in people's hands. Like you couldn't flip over. It was awful. <laughs> but um, when it works, I, I mean, it can work really well. But um, you mentioned the, the consumer aspect of the industry, which is huge, right? We We are acquiring new games and supporting retailers with money. So obviously publishers exist to sell games and I exist as a marketing person to help sell those games and make people excited about buying games um but you know when there's so much garbage going on in the world pandemic and snow and <laughs> myriad other things it's sometimes really hard to feel good about doing a good job <laughs> um like yeah ooh, i feel really bad about asking people to pay money on cardboard when, you know, they don't have electricity and so on. So some days I have to take a step back. Like the other week, just last week, I woke up and he was like, I'm actually very anxious about having to be plugged into social media today, seeing current events and whatnot. So yeah. um I was able to take a mental health day. So super encourage anyone to do that when they feel overwhelmed. 100%.
2: 100 percent. okay well let's let's let me ask you what has been your favorite convention um that you have been to not a store subject at all uh and do you have any specific highlights from said convention or conventions (laughs)
3: um i'm going to talk about physical conventions because digital (laughs) just does not uh hold a light to to in-person shows but uh Essen spiel will always hold a special place in my heart. Um, I don't know if either of you have been to that show yet, but it's amazing. Um, people talk about Gen Con being overwhelming and just, like, booth on booth on booth and endless events and whatnot. Essen is, like, four times the size of Gen Con. I don't know if that's accurate, but that is my perception. It's got uh, <laughs> at least four different halls of the exhibit hall. Um Not so much events. There are demos at each of the booths, but it's just, it blows my mind how many exhibitors there are and how many games there are releasing at that show. Plus, it's always cool to like walk around with a pretzel and overhear German and French and Japanese like within 15 minutes. It's a very cool experience.
2: Awesome. Okay. Well, let's another. So, yeah. (laughs) What's your history with video games? Uh, And do you have a favorite console and or game? And and I guess quick anecdote, helping clean off my aunt's front porch today. I found my favorite gaming console covered in dust and dirt. It was a Sega Dreamcast just sitting there with a controller with NFL 2K1 inside of it. So I salvaged it from the would-be trash pile. Uh, and now it's sitting in my kitchen table, even though I already own one, to be cleaned and hopefully restored. So, wow, <laughs> what's your history
3: with video games?
2: <laughs> and uh, do you have a favorite console and or game? <laughs>
3: um, so, growing up, my mom was a PE teacher and uh, would kick me out of the house to make me stop reading. So, I would like go play tag with other kids and ride my bike and enjoy some sunshine. So... Uh, <laughs> The first console I ever had was a GameCube because my dad wanted to play Kirby Racing. Um, I And I played too, and I, I, I think I played Meta Knight with the wings and was super fast and beat him often. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then I also played Harvest Moon, like farming sims, dating sims. That was my, my go-to fun time. <laughs> um, the first console I bought for myself was a PS- PS2. This was in high school. Saved up all of my um, spare coin and bought a PS2 and Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2. And I played both of them over the course of summer vacation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So can you tell us what's happening in Kingdom Hearts? No.
3: (laughs) No, because I played Kingdom Hearts. Well, I started playing Kingdom Hearts 3 when it released two years ago, I guess now. Um, freaking Toy Story World! I can't. <laughs> my, I I wasn't playing on my own console, so uh, when it I had to switch over and I had to start over. I I just haven't yet because of my dread of playing Toy Story World again. <laughs> uh,
1: I have the platinum. In Kingdom Hearts three, which one hundred percent, all ninety hours were put in by my partner. 90. None of it was at ha- oh. like so. The best platinum <laughs> trophy on my account. I ever
3: <laughs> heard. Oh man, I uh, I also lost it when you're flying your gummy ship around and there's that sand monster you have to fight. I'm like, what the heck is this? This isn't Kingdom <laughs> Hearts anymore. <laughs> so yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll go back to it um fave console though i guess i'll talk about this very briefly because (laughs) (laughs) it's a
2: trigger trigger warning for us (laughs) yeah i know
3: spoiler alert breath of the wild mentioned coming up um (laughs) it's the switch because i bought it to play breath of the wild and i have completed all of the dlc for that gotten my motorcycle collected all of the korok seeds much to my chagrin, that didn't mean much, but uh, I've spent a lot of time in that game and on the Switch.
2: That's some real gamer cred. Those Korok seats. and I know that you don't need to be a Breath of the Wild fan to know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a lot. That's a
2: lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of work.
1: And there's and there's nothing wrong with liking something, even if we, that's totally cool. That's right. I'm glad that you like judgment it. Judgment Free I Zone. Mean, like. Yeah, we have... Josh and I both have tried replaying that game multiple times because I I want to like it. I bought that game at least twice. (laughs) I know, like, everyone seems to love it so darn much and I want to love it like everyone else does. I just don't, but that's okay. Also, there was a
2: PS2 and a PS3 on that front porch.
1: Did you grab those? There's a
2: PS2 with a memory card still in it with a number three on on painter's tape on the memory card like people used to label them. The PS3 had the tray was broken off, but murdered a soul suspect or whatever that game was and then just yeah <laughs> so we just a weird day today <laughs>
1: that is a weird i did I played that game I actually have the platinum in that game too <laughs>
2: uh all right, last question for me, and I'll turn it over to Kyle uh what's the okay actually this is a Kyle question, Kyle, why don't you ask your question
1: wait wait. why is this a beat question <laughs> you wrote it? The P. I think you skipped a question.
2: Did I? No history with video games.
1: Okay, well I'll go. So, uh, what's the biggest challenge in working in the board game industry?
2: <laughs> no, I'm sorry, no, you need, you need just to ask it again. In general. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's always a hard thing with show notes because I'm like, oh boy, Um but genuinely. Let
2: me read it I, as I, it's exactly written.
1: <laughs> no, and I genuinely believe. Like, and I, I can't. I'm not even going to begin to try to imagine the challenges this must be. But what you know, what is it like being a woman working in the board game industry?
3: Um, most of the time, fine. Sometimes awful. Uh, I've definitely not had it as as hard as others. Um, but I also for all of the public facing things I do I'm not as public facing as others like I'm I don't host Twitch streams every day and and whatnot um but I have essentially grown up in the industry so I started playing games when I was 18 and I got my first job in the industry when I was 21 so 7 years later still still here but um have received comments throughout the years Um, I remember I was at a convention for GMT They have an open warehouse weekend A couple times a year Where they just literally open up their warehouse Set up tables, you get to play All sorts of war games And you buy games at a discount But, um, one time I went I was maybe 23 at this time And was one of three other women there And the rest were middle-aged white men Playing war games, you know That demographic, but uh at this point, I am actively working in the industry, and we've we'd have people come up to the table and observe the gameplay, which is totally normal. That happens all the time at conventions. But um, they would either only address the men I was with, or if they'd ask me questions, it was, "Oh, did your boyfriend get get you into gaming?" Uh, I was uh, even referred to as a gamerette one time, which is really. <laughs>
2: Oh, I think that's a new <laughs> vocabulary word I've never heard. I don't
1: think I've ever heard that word. Oh, yeah,
3: before. hope you never wow. do. It, I don't, yeah,
2: no kidding, huh?
3: <laughs> I, now I can just laugh at it because it's so ridiculous. But um, so I've also gotten people who, you know, I, I go to conventions. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I rarely go for pleasure. Like, because I go to so many for work. Um, but I've had people ask me for my business card or later like asks to meet up later in the show to talk about marketing like business meeting but then 5 minutes into it try to turn it into a date and i'm like oh no like i'm still wearing my name tag like <laughs> uh time to place and this is not the time nor the place um so that's mostly what i get to deal with um there's always people who ignore me because i'm a young woman who don't take me seriously even though I've been working in the industry for almost a decade, but um, like I said, I don't have it nearly as hard as others do. So I'm still here.
1: I'm going to pull in a question from uh, Splink here, one of our listeners, uh, Splink super listener at DoubleLishes on Twitter, um, who I think asked something that pulls a little bit into this. And he, and Splink says, there's definitely been a push the last 18 months or so for better representation in the hobby. Games should bring people together. As a marketing manager, what are some of the hurdles you've had to overcome working towards that goal?
3: Um... They are 100% correct, happily. Um, More and more people are calling for diversity, representation, inclusion, um, and more and more publishers and creators are responding to that and providing that, um, creating safe spaces and welcoming communities. Um, That's always been something at the forefront of my mind. I'm part of the queer community. I'm a woman. I am white, but, you know, all of those experiences overlap, which make it easier to understand the experiences of people of color and how they might feel, um, excluded in, in our little community. So having an open and welcoming disposition, just being kind and friendly is always a goal for me. Um, the hurdles I faced are being parts of teams that don't have that same, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Value or, um, motivation yeah
2: maybe no
3: sorry (laughs) what no it's okay (laughs) uh the hurdles that i've experienced mostly come from being parts of teams where people don't value that as much as i do and make it difficult to achieve that like um i'm super plugged into social media so i see what people are talking about i see um who's interacting how they're interacting and Um, because I'm also interacting with them, I get to set the tone for whatever team I'm on to, to also emulate that, right? The inclusivity, the inclusion, or that is inclusivity. Good job, me. Um, (laughs) sorry, as the night goes on, I will be stumbling upon my words. Um, but anyway, you're interacting with the communities that you want to be a part of, that you want to emulate, right? So... When working with people who aren't as plugged in, who don't see what the community should look like, um, it makes it it hard, right? If if they're just unaware or don't um, put as much of an emphasis on it. Um, But luckily at Pandasaurus, everyone on the team does share that value, so um, it's something we keep in mind just, of course, in the games we publish, making sure there's a broad variation of people of different backgrounds, um, genders, sexual orientations, all of that, um, with the designers and artists we work with and our team ourself. Um, But I also keep it in mind with every social media post. I ask myself, okay, like, am I including as many people as I can with what I'm saying? With the words that I'm choosing and the photos that I'm sharing? So... A good example of this, when you're listening, you might have to scroll back a little bit, but the first two weeks of February we posted one picture per day of um someone in the board game community with someone special to them. And it wasn't necessarily their significant other. It was their pet or one of their best friends. And this was obviously for Valentine's or Palentine's Day. But if you put all of those pictures side by side, there's just a wonderful rainbow of people. Um that was you know mission accomplished a plus go me um so it's nice to have a group like that and it's something we always want to have for whatever we're doing
1: that's awesome i i i think the challenging this is i'm going to try to figure out how to say this without as as effectively as i can you know, Josh and I, a couple of cishet white dudes who are doing a, a board game podcast where there's a whole bunch of other cishet white dudes doing board game podcasts. Um, so we try to do the best we can to be, um, and I think like our views on inclusivity are pretty adamant. We've had some uh, strong reactions from others just by – and now former listeners based off of the things that we believe in in the way we try to treat people in the world uh and you know in some ways i think it's kept our our podcast maybe a little smaller and our audience a little smaller but i think i'm okay with that because i I very much uh enjoy um the listeners and the and the the people that we chat with regularly and people like shplig and the the other listeners that we um are regularly interacting with so you're you're all doing good work and um we really appreciate the work that yourself and other people are doing in the community because You know, I we want to be supportive and we, but I also don't want to. I always struggle in saying this because I don't want it to sound like woe is me. Like, we want to be supportive and helpful, but we also know that like people hear from people like me all the time. So, like, you know, like I want to be supportive if needed, but I also like if the emotion, if my emotional capital is required to say something, I will say something because enough emotional capital is spent by marginalized people on a regular basis. But I also want them to be able to own their stories and tell their stories in the way that is most important to them. So um, yeah, we just appreciate the work that yourself and many other people are doing because it's very, very important and uh, definitely has made gaming a much better place than it used to be. That is for sure. So we appreciate your hard oh, work. Oh, yes.
3: <laughs> I appreciate you too. My uh, my partner, before I, we started recording, he, I, I'm always like, oh, I'm talking with so-and-so and he's like, oh, who are they? <laughs> I'm like, well, it's Josh and Kyle and he's like. They sound like two cishet white dudes. I'm like, well,
0: they are. (laughs) But
3: But I also appreciate what you're doing um, to create safe spaces and welcome people. Um, And the fact that you're acknowledging how much work (laughs) marginalized people have to do to create the safe spaces for themselves um, is not missed on me
2: thanks yeah we fit that we fit the blanket podcaster demographic, which is typically <laughs> you know two bo- too boring white dudes, but uh we also do this show for us, and if people are along for the ride, we love that, so uh, luckily, Kyle and I kind of meet in the same exact spot where we just love everybody, and that's not a not even a second thought for us, so yeah, Kyle's right, people are a little critical. Uh but you know that's not you know that's not why we do it.
1: I'll be honest. I don't love everybody, Josh, and you know that. <laughs> well, you know what I meant. <laughs> I know what you, you
2: mean. You know what I mean. Uh, but you, it's impossible love everybody. Josh
1: met, had Josh and I been friends in the 90s, we would have formed a band, a band. But you know, since we're friends now, like we form a podcast. That's just what you do. Uh but we Josh and I have never actually met in person. <laughs> no. We'd be straight edge so. and in a band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Josh and I have never met well, in person. So Okay, well, you know, <laughs> we've we've been taking plenty of your time tonight, and I do want to finish up with a few maybe lighter questions to set the mood here as we kind of round things out. So on your Pandasaurus page, it talks about how you love comics and you love pizza. <laughs> so what are the comics we need to be reading, and what are the pizza we need to be eating? Uh,
3: I can't believe you read my very serious bio on our website.
2: <laughs> I-, I also read it today. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um. Okay, no, I am a huge comic nerd. I used to be in my local comic book shop every week to pick up my poll of new releases. Um, so, oh man, this is such a good question, and I wish I could just toss books at you. But um, 100% <laughs> must read comic favorite of all time is Day Tripper. This is a finished series, so you can actually just order the full, complete book. Um, it's a. Uh, It's poetry! I don't know how else to describe it. Um, Each issue follows the same character. So, um, the first issue, he's a mid-30s guy. He's an author. But the end of each issue, he dies. And so the next issue takes place at a different part of his life. So you can see where things have picked up or evolved since different timelines, basically. Um, The art is beautiful, it's all written and illustrated by this twin brother duo, duo um, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. They're Brazilian brothers, but they both draw in the same style. And it's very fascinating that they both contribute. Um, if you look close enough, apparently super fans can tell who is drawing whom and which panel. Um, I cannot. I just enjoy every single bit of it. But um, it wraps up in such a nice, nice way. It's, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, I have another one, though. If you don't want to read about a single person dying over and over, you can read about a group of people who may or may not die. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the best selling point. Um, Anyway, Omega Men. (laughs) So Omega Men is a, it's basically a sci-fi political drama um, that, has a lot of parallels with the injustices that are happening in modern day, non-sci-fi reality. But one of the characters is one of the Green Lanterns um, from DC Comics, oh, which okay. is super interesting. So it's a, a side story, I don't think tied to anything else. But it's him in a, a bunch of ragtag characters, um, rogues and, and outcasts, who are trying to stop this evil... Oppressive being from exploiting different races and people on these planets um it's one that so I actually had to start over my my comic collection at a certain point, and these were the f- only two comics that I took with me um and have kept with me throughout the years. so I did a very poor job of explaining Omega men, but those are the overarching themes um, would definitely recommend it though it does get a bit heavy at times. The ending is worth it though. Oh, and pizza. Pizza. I forgot about arguably pizza. the most important part of that question was pizza. Um, <laughs> this is my my favorite meal. I would eat it every week if I could. Sometimes I do. Um, but uh, <laughs> I basically love all types of pizza. Though my favorite to look out for in restaurants is sausage and fennel, which is a little bit like pinky up fancy, but is very tasty. If you're... In Columbus, Ohio, maybe for the next Origins Game Fair, I would recommend going slightly outside of the convention center area and getting hound dogs. It's a really cool venue, and their pizza is amazing.
1: Nice. Uh, one thing that we regularly have a fight about, uh, which is you <laughs> know, a pretty consistent fight when it comes to food on our <laughs> podcast and with guests, uh, pineapple on pizza, yes or no?
3: Mm, not my first choice, but I'll eat it.
2: Oh, see, that, we'll that, that answer. is a middle it is.
3: answer. I like it. <laughs> but it's true. It's true.
1: <laughs> nice non-committal answer. Don't really want to upset anyone. I, that's I have, a good
3: answer. That's my new
2: it. answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing that.
1: <laughs> all right. So, well, I'm going to pick just one more here. Um, because, I, yeah, we'll end with this one. Thank you to everyone else who submitted questions. Sorry we didn't get to them all. Um, but from Linda via email. If someone was trying to choose a Pandasaurus game to pick up, how should they choose? Now, I know Linda a little bit. Um, so I believe the only game she's played in the Pandasaurus line is Machikoro. Hmm. So, with that knowledge, Danny, how does someone pick which Pandasaurus game to pick up? Oh,
3: man. Okay. So our catalog's pretty varied. Um, I would always recommend Machikoro as a game to introduce someone new to the hobby because the. The mechanics are familiar, right? For from all the the classic games that we grew up with, you roll dice. Oh, Yahtzee! You are collecting cards. Oh, card games. You know, whatever. Um, it's very friendly and accessible. The Art's cute. It's perfect. Um, if you have Machi Koro and want something a little bit next level, I'd probably go with God's Love Dinosaurs as still an accessible, easy to learn game with great components and art and dinosaurs. If you already know you like dinosaurs then i would obviously recommend dinosaur island which is kind of like three steps above god's love dinosaurs um uh worker placement dice drafting kind of very thematic euro game so and if none of those appeal to you we have a lot of card games that have different mechanics and appeal to basically anyone (laughs) so that's uh that's my answer
1: Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for that. And again, thank you for your time tonight. We do really appreciate it. We're going to move towards wrapping this show up. And obviously, we're a gaming podcast. love talking about games, but we do want to give you one other recommendation of something we're into that's helping us live a well-rounded life. As has been the theme tonight, Danny, since you're the guest, you get to choose. Do you want to make your recommendation to our listeners, or would you like us to go first? I'll
3: go third this time.
2: (laughs) Okay,
1: sounds good. Josh, why don't you kick it off?
2: I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to say, but I'm looking at Pictures of Danny's suggestion, and <laughs> I'm, I'm blown away. <laughs> I'm blown away. Um, yeah, I was struggling what to put for my well rounded life. Typically, I have something new I've been consuming or some weird life advice. Uh, I don't have that this time. I have, uh, we're doing uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch. Uh, we just on our Patreon show, our Board with Everything show. We just ranked uh, ladder style our favorite MCU films, and I colossally messed up for probably what fifty percent of that uh <laughs> which
1: it's okay we, we we got to the right answer in the end, Josh. it's okay. Which,
2: yeah, you know, I could blame uh, a lot of things, but I'm just gonna take it uh so my wife, out of all people on Valentine's Day wanted to start our rewatch, so we had sushi. We had Saki, and we watched Captain America, the first Avenger. Now, when we did our bracket, I was pretty sour, I think, on the first Avenger. Uh, I didn't love it. Uh, I, I'm 100% turned around. And in fact, I think because I know all the history, it made that movie so much more enjoyable. Um, and tonight we watched Captain Marvel, which I, I already love, but watching it with the mindset of we're doing it chronologically... Seeing like young, like the first time you see Agent Colton and and all these like nods to future Marvel stuff was very cool. Now, the post credit scenes really kind of mess with your head because it shows like Infinity War stuff. So it's not great to continue the chronology, but uh, if you have access to it, uh, I have all I decided to buy them all physically because I'm a physical collector for the most part but they're all available on disney plus as well but uh yeah if it's something you're interested in i'd say give it a shot because we have some time before we're going to see another marvel movie thanks to the pandemic uh they're just keeping them on ice (laughs) like captain america (laughs) sorry for that (laughs) terrible pun (laughs) but it just came to me kyle you're you got to go second
1: I do get to go second, and I actually was looking at pictures of Danny's <laughs> suggestion as well. All I can say is, goodness, abs. abs wow. man alive. <laughs> Okay, uh, my suggestion, Way Less Abs, uh, is a show on Netflix called Lupin, uh, which came out, I think, end of last year, maybe early this year. It's actually a French show that, when it originally launched on Netflix, I think you only had subtitles as an option. It is now dubbed. Uh, uh which I don't know how I feel about that uh because when I started watching it, it was subtitled and now it's dubbed, but the, you still have the subtitle option, but anyway, it is a very cool heist show um so if you are into any heist style, whether it be you know the ocean's Eleven area or you know the Italian job or anything like that, it's a really cool take on that um aspect. Or on that genre, I should say. Um, Really short five episodes for the first part. Because part one is what's released right now. Part two will be coming in the future. Um, I I think a lot of people might get scared away from it. Because, like I said, it is in French. Um, But really well acted. Really interesting stories. Fun, cool, unique takes on on some of those heist things. Um, So I definitely recommend checking out Lupin on Netflix. Danny, your recommendation. My
3: highly anticipated recommendation. (laughs) So... Uh... I also adore anime and watch it fairly frequently. So I recently discovered a new one. Like there's a, a trend going on where all these sports animes are releasing. There's a really good volleyball one. There's a sumo one, basketball. Um I'm watching one about rock climbing. Um So I think in English it's called Sport Climbing Girls. So it's an all-female rock climbing team. They're in high school and it's actually just so wholesome and uh hilarious because <laughs> um they're all buff as hell like the the three yeah. main <laughs> <laughs> if you if you search sport climbing girls uh anime you'll see um the main character though who you really follow and watch develop is the purple haired one so if you google they show her buff as hell but she's not really because she started as a gamer like uh, she's entering high school, but in middle school, she was a pro gamer, like winning awards, all sorts of competitions. And so she's applying this gamer mentality to um, rock climbing and figuring out the best paths to take. And it, it, it's kind of like uh, how she views a rock climbing wall with all the different colored holds and whatnot is like Candy Crush. And so she's just a, a savant at this. Um but she's got a gamer bod with like little noodly arms, so she's going through rigorous training. Meanwhile, her buff, um, abtacular teammates <laughs> are are <laughs> just blowing her um out of the water. But it's a uh, it's really good. It's a show about friendship and and sports, and it's nice.
1: <laughs> nice, very very cool. Well, Danny thank you so much for being with us this week. We really do appreciate it. You spending. Um, some time with us. How can people keep up with you and your work and anything else you'd like to plug? (laughs)
3: Um, So you can find me on Twitter at Danny below, which is a pun on my name, um, but spelled D A N N I B E L O W. Um, Or if you talk to me on any of the Pandasaurus social media accounts, um, that's me. So you're more than welcome to reach out there um, on Twitter where Pandasaur game singular, because we ran out of characters (laughs) Uh, we also just started a tiktok so if you could follow us there and make me feel better about my silly videos that i'm making that would be awesome
1: (laughs) awesome well thanks again josh what do you say we wrap the show up let's
2: do it thanks for joining us everyone in addition to finding us on twitter and instagram at board of the fiji you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash board of the fiji so feel free to give us a five star rating over there also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to send us an email at boardwithvg 3 at gmail.com. We usually tag all our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg, so please feel free to use that hashtag as well, so we can search and see what you guys are up to. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, You can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, Twitch, at WhySoSerious, S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you?
1: You can find me at all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, BoardGameGeek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. Uh, Josh, hey, the Avengers game has their next-gen thing coming out soon. We should uh, maybe play that and stream that. I saw the trailer
2: today. My wife said, what the the heck is going on? I said, don't worry about it. We'll get to it. (laughs) We'll get to it. (laughs) It's the future.
1: (laughs) Again, Awesome. Again, huge thanks to Danny Lowe for joining us this week. We do truly appreciate it. As always, if you have any suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop games.